We think women need to talk more openly about money because money really matters. It shouldn't be embarrassing or confusing. Join the conversation. We'll be discussing a whole range of topics which will help you get comfortable with your finances. Money Matters, brought to you by AJ Bell. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Money Matters podcast. I'm Laura Souter, and I'm joined, as always, by Danny Houston. Hi, Danny. Hi, Laura. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, Money Matters regulars. Uh, and I've got a feeling we probably have quite a few new listeners for this episode because we've been talking to the legend that is Lisa Snowden. She is best known for being a model and a TV presenter, but also for taking part in Strictly Come Dancing, winning Celebrity MasterChef, and getting a face full of bugs in one of those infamous Bush Tucker trials in I'm a Celebrity. But currently, it's her very public battle with the menopause and her call to arms for women over the age of 50 that made her a perfect choice for us to chat to. Because Money Matters is all about those life moments the moments that take a toll on our mental and financial well-being, and even celebrities like Lisa have them. If you're new to Money Matters, do take a look at our website, which you can find, ajbellmoneymatters.co.uk. We've got a load of really useful articles dealing with all kinds of issues from your finances, if you're getting divorced, to asking for a pay rise, and the hugely topical issue of childcare costs. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to our newsletter so that once a month you get all of our great articles, podcasts and events in your inbox. But it's not just our guest that makes this a special episode because we are giving you a sneak peek into just a few of the findings of a massive bit of research that we've carried out into all of those financial wobbly bits. And that research will be released on the 12th of September. And we decided because of Lisa's big push to educate women about the menopause that we would hone in on that because our new report has found that one in 20 who've been through the menopause have stopped working as a result and one in 25 reduced their hours. Now, that is massively important because the labour market here in the UK is still incredibly tight and there are still so many companies struggling to recruit the people that they need. There's been a lot of talk about the need to keep over 50s in the workplace and to tent back some of those who have left. So I think that there is a real need for companies to have a long think about the menopause policy that they have in place, if they have a policy at all, and to really try and help women navigate what can be, speaking from experience, a really difficult confidence sapping period of their lives and keep on working. There are so many pressures on women that contribute to the gender investment gap and mean that women are on average less financially resilient than men. And we'll be discussing all the findings with Money Matters founding ambassador Baroness Helena Morrissey in our next episode. We're also hosting a special in-person event in Leeds on the 18th of October, which just so happens to be World Menopause Day. It is a free event and a chance to chat to Helena and the Money Matters team and enjoy a glass of fizz and some nibbles as well. You can find sign-up details on our website at 
moneymatters.co.uk and you'll find a link to sign up to our newsletter so you don't miss out on any of our great content, freebies or events. We're also on social media at AJ Bell Money Matters. So give us a follow, drop us a message. And of course, we hope that you'll come back and listen to our podcast that we release every couple of weeks on all of the usual podcast platforms. Now, Laura and I spend usually an awful lot more time than this chewing things over. But as we said, we really want to crack on because we have been talking to Lisa Snowden about the work that she's been doing to highlight issues surrounding the menopause and the fact that life for a woman doesn't end at 50. Nope, it really is just getting started, which also happens to be the title of Lisa's book on the subject. And here is what she had to say. Lisa, um, I mean, I've followed your career for years and it's got to be said that from the outside, um, a a lot of women might be thinking you've never experienced any wobbly bits. I mean, you know, you're gorgeous, successful, famous, and yet you have been brave enough to share some really personal stories about when your life has been tricky why have you decided to do that? Because you you didn't need to do that, but, you know, it does help a lot of women that you have. Uh, It's a really good question, Danny. Um, I think I got to this age, I'm 51 now, and last year when I turned 50, I I just felt, I, I just kind of stepped into this place where I suddenly started to like who I was and I started to have this sense of self acceptance. And it, it caused me or made me to look back at my life and reflect and to sort of appreciate how far I've come and to acknowledge some of those really, really low points. And I've never spoken about it before. I've done lots of interviews over the years where I've been kind of, you know, questioned about all sorts of things, you know, motherhood and career and children and all the choices I've made. But it had never felt the right time to ever be as transparent and as, and as honest as I wanted to be. I wanted to get to a stage. I didn't realize when I was younger that this was going to happen, but I realized as I turned 50 that I wanted to own my story. I didn't want to give it to a journalist. I didn't want to say anything in an interview. These are really personal um, topics and things that I've been through. And you know, everything gets taken out of context usually when you do an interview. And when you read it in black and white, it's never kind of ever conveyed in the way that you originally wanted it to be. So I just, I've always been so private and I've held on to these kind of secrets and sort of buried them deep down inside me. And it was, you know, obviously going through the perimenopause and then stepping into menopause and turning 50 and being like, you know what, I need to own it now. I need to put a lot of this to bed. I don't want to feel shame or um, uh, uh, guilt anymore. And I want to talk about it because nobody really knows what's going on behind closed doors. Nobody really understands what somebody's been through. And I just wanted to be open. I wanted it to resonate with people that women be able to relate to it and realize that life doesn't always turn out the way you expect it to, but it's okay because I feel like there's, there's a plan for us all and we just need to find a way to readjust and to reframe it and to start liking who we are and loving what we already have in our life. Just kind of have some appreciation and some gratitude. 
So that was a really long-winded way of answering <laughs> that question because it is such a it's it's a really good question. It's like why did I decide to do that? But you know what? The response has been amazing, and um, you know, I just I just wanted it to be really real and for women to be like, you know what? I had no idea that that's what was happening in the background. I had no idea that that's what was going on. And I think that we all need to be a bit kinder to each other because nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what's happening in somebody's life. No, it, and it is a big milestone, isn't it? I mean, when we're heading towards 50, we sort of see it as this huge object in the way. And then you get there and you think, well, I don't feel any different. And yet I've made it to 50. And <laughs> I, I think in the past, women sort of haven't felt valued once they got to 50. Oh, absolutely. It's And that's why the book's called Just Getting Started, because I just thought, hang on a minute. I'm not just going to fade into the background and just disappear and give up work and just, you know, be like, oh, I've got no get up and go. I'm like, no, life's getting started. Like, what else is out there for me? I've kind of had the last eight, nine years of struggling, challenging menopause times, um, feeling really unlike myself, really out of character moods, wanting to give up work. I got to 50 and I was like, I feel great. I feel absolutely great. What is next? Bring it on. And that is what I want every woman to, to to feel. I want them to feel empowered. I want them to feel excited about the future. Like what's on your bucket list? What else is there for you to do? Don't just give up. Acknowledge where you've been, you know, and just push forward and do some really exciting things because life's short and 50s come around quickly. <laughs> and I guarantee the next 50 years is going to go even quicker. So grab life by the balls and jump right in. I mean, attitudes are definitely changing. Um, the fact that you're talking about the menopause and the difficult time that you had with it. Had had you any idea when you were heading into your 40s that that was on the cards? No, I didn't. I had no idea. The word perimenopause wasn't on my radar and the word menopause was just, obviously I knew about it, but it seemed like something that would happen really, really much further into the future. I thought, you know, when you look, when you think about a menopausal woman, in my mind, it was very frail. She she certainly didn't look like me or feel like me. She was, you know, it was, it was maybe a sort of 60 plus woman who, yeah, was, 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 was frail and and struggle to walk and you know it was so um I had no idea that at the beginning of my 40s that that was what I was experiencing that it was the sort of start of that fluctuation of hormones and that estrogen sort of dipping um so no it was a big learning curve for me and that's why I've been so passionate about talking about this subject because I want women to understand what's happening to them I want to kind of shortcut their fast track their diagnosis fast track their you know um, getting onto the right HRT or making the right decision being educated and informed so that they can not lose big chunks of their life or their health whilst they're trying to figure out what's happening um, so thankfully the conversation is getting louder um, it's no longer as taboo you know we still need to talk about it more but um yeah it's 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 good because women are feeling like this isn't the end it's the beginning once you kind of get a handle on your health and where you are within that kind of perimenopause menopause um place you can totally step into your power and feel even better than you've ever felt before it's interesting that you were saying that you didn't feel like working because you were 
you know, from the outside looking in, you were still forging ahead with your career. I mean, you know, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. People were, oh. were watching you do that and no real indication of what was going on. That was that was one of the lowest points, actually, for me. I wasn't well. I shouldn't have taken that show on. I really shouldn't. I was I was in a lot of pain and that was um, that was because for the me, the perimenopause, it kind of shift shapes into different symptoms. So at the beginning, you might have anxiety and panic attacks, low mood, depression. And then at the next stage for me, it was my cycles going completely haywire. I was really bleeding very heavily. And when they asked me to come and do that show, that was what was happening. I was just literally hemorrhaging. And I was like, I can't go to Australia in this amount of pain in this and I didn't know what was happening and I went to a top gynecologist they didn't tell me that this could be perimenopause either what she suggested was to go onto the pill and to continue taking it so I wouldn't have a bleed so that's what I did so mentally I wasn't very well doing the jungle and I shouldn't have done it um it, you know it was still a great experience and I've always tried to push myself um, every step of the way throughout my career. But at that particular moment, I should have taken a step back and said, this isn't a good thing to do for myself, for my mental health or my physical health. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agonized over making that decision. And subsequently, the years that followed, I also agonized and lost sleep over saying yes to certain jobs, being scared to stand up in front of a room full of my peers and host an event. Um you know, the brain fog has started to kick in at that point and the sweats and the hot flushes. And it's really embarrassing when that happens. And so I just didn't want to put myself in a position where I could look stupid, you know? So it was, it was a really, it was a really challenging time. And I did, I did turn down a few jobs, but I did also do a few jobs that I shouldn't have done. It's hard, isn't it, to, to make those decisions? Um, I started in my late 30s and actually ended up uh, moving out of TV reporting just because I didn't feel confident and the brain yeah. fog and, and everything else and, and sort of tucked myself back behind a radio microphone for the longest time because I didn't know what was going on. But for you, there must have been a huge amount of pressure just to keep going as normal. Yeah, I think it was the pressure that I put on myself. You know, it wasn't coming from anywhere else necessarily. I mean, my agent would obviously always prefer me to take the work, but, you know, it's my decision if I want to ultimately. Um, but I think I put pressure on myself. I think I was frustrated. Like, why do I feel so different? What is happening to me? You know, why is my brain slowed down? Why am I not sleeping? Why am I putting on weight? It was such a confusing time. And, um, yeah, looking back, I, I navigated it by myself and it was horrible. You know, it was really horrible. Um, but yeah, it was pressure from myself, definitely. But then, you know, the sort of things that started happening, like weight gain and then being trolled a little bit on, on Twitter, cause I'd be on ITV on this morning and looking a little bit fuller in places than I used to look. Um, so that sort of stuff, you know, that, that's not, that's not very nice. You start to feel very judged. And then, you know, you're, like you said, your confidence is already rocked when you're going through that. Add to that people judging you and sort of, you know, being mean. Um, it wasn't a very nice place to be. Um, so yeah, so it, it's, that's why I'm just like, girls, we've got this. Once we understand what's happening, we can make those changes. It's not always a quick fix. It absolutely isn't. 
Um, but you know, I'm I'm a walking testament that you can feel good again and look good again and step into your power and say yes to things and be excited about work, not want to run away from it and hide, <laughs> put your head in the sand. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know we've definitely all been yeah. there. Just you know, wanted to to hunker down somewhere yeah. um, because there are loads of wobbly bits for for women um, throughout their career. Whether it be you know starting out and suddenly you get boobs and you get curves, or you go through the menopause, or it, there's loads of issues that we maybe don't talk about enough, but. Looking back at your career and, and, you know, now you are looking back and you're thinking about that journey and you're able to sort of go, do you know what? I've been incredibly successful here. Come on. What are you most proud of? I think I'm most proud of the fact that I'm still here. <laughs> I still have a career, that I still enjoy it. You know, it's thir- it's over 30 years I've been working in the industry and it's obviously changed quite a lot because I've done lots of different things throughout this, the last 30 years and I've kind of embraced it all. I'm like, Okay, you know, I've I've had a record deal, Danny. I mean, not many people know that, but I've done. I've sort of said, okay, sure, why not? I wasn't necessarily good at everything I said yes to, but at least I gave it a go. I've got no regrets um, stepping into pop star role, which was random, um, and thankfully nobody heard it. Uh, well, unless you're in Japan, um, but I can say I was big in Japan, so that's always an exciting thing. <laughs> But, you know, I, I think I'm most proud of the fact that I have um, had a long career and I'm really proud of the fact that I decided to do MasterChef last year and that I won it. That was something I was super on my bucket list. I kind of said no quite a few times over the years. So I just didn't think I had it in me. And then I was about to turn 50 and they asked me to do it. And I was like, come on, I've got to do it. I've got to do it for all the menopausal women and in in the world, in the country, sweating, hot flashes in the kitchen, putting myself under pressure, jumping in, being totally fearful and just going for it. And so that's why I think I'm the most proud of, of kind of really embracing turning 50 and saying yes to things that scare me and then writing the book and, um, yeah, it's a good time. It's a really good time. And I'm so proud that I've done that because I think, like I said, so many of us just want to give up, disappear, fade away into the background, not bother anymore. And and you know what? It's such a waste for society because women are so necessary in the workplace. They've they're badass. They've got to the place where, you know, they've worked so hard for so many years. They're they're like kicking butt and then they have this little blip because that's all it is this transitional phase which is just a little hiccup and they're just like you know what I'm done I I can't and I understand that feeling I really do but I just want women to just be able to get the help they need get the support they need and then get back in that back in that work back at work back in the industry they're in and continue to boss it because it's just a little blip because work plays such a huge and important role in our lives in in making us feel confident and in making us as you know who we are so to have that taken away is is quite tricky yeah it's demoralizing isn't it it's like you've worked so hard and then you know that you you're still capable but there's just the odd day where perhaps you haven't slept and you do you feel like a bit of a zombie you feel like the shadow of your former self so you don't trust yourself to perhaps stand up and you know, give a presentation or, you know, cause you do feel like your brain is failing you. Like you, you literally like, I can't remember that guy's name. I can't remember her name. It's like little <laughs> things. You're like, what's going on? 
I remember being on live TV and like my mouth was so dry. I was like, and I couldn't swallow and I had to like present this live and I was looking at the presenters and I was like, I don't know what their names are. <laughs> it's a really fearful place to be, especially when you're going live. I was like, oh, I'm dying here. Um, so yeah, it's tricky. It's really tricky, but it's like, you know, it's that's all behind me now. It's like a distant memory, thankfully. It was like a bad nightmare, like a really bad nightmare that sometimes <gasps> you get the fear again and you're like, oh God, okay, I'm not back in that place anymore. Um, but I do understand it's bloody awful. It really is. And I, I totally get it. Women are like, you know what? I'm done. I've put my shift in. I'm 45, 50. I'm done. And I'm like, no, 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 we need you. You're so valuable. We do need that experience is so valuable. And and let's sort of wind back a bit to the start when you started to get all that experience. Um, because you were, you are, but you were back then when you first started out, suddenly incredibly successful. And obviously this is a podcast. We talk to women about their finances, about when they start to earn cash. How did you feel when those big paychecks started to come in? Um, well, it was really, it's funny because my dad had to give me five pounds every day for the train and it went on for quite a long time when he was like, I was like, dad, can I have another fiver? And he was like, for God's sake, Lisa, can you get yourself a proper job? And I'm like, no, 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 I promise you, I promise you it's going to pay off. And it for about a year, I was like, dad, can I have five pounds for the train? Get my travel card in and out, in and out, have my portfolio literally going around to different castings peddling my wares which was obviously me um and uh, you know it was it, it took a while so when I first started to work and get pay get paid I was like oh I felt so proud of myself I felt so excited to tell my dad you know I was finally independent and I could you know I could take them out for lunch I didn't have to ask my dad for money anymore and I, I never <laughs> have had to ask him again thankfully so you know it's um it was a slog. It absolutely was. And it was it was a gamble because it was a very strange career to jump into. This is modeling, obviously, um, back when I was sort of 17, 18 years old. And he was just like, what is this? My dad's a sensible, logical money man. You know, he worked for Scottish <laughs> widows. He's talking pensions and like saving and mortgages. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a model. And he's like, mm, I don't know about this. So finally to get paid and to to see that it was going to work out and that I, I started traveling and I started doing great jobs and you know it was really exciting um but yeah it did take a while to get off to, to get off to a good start so when you finally were able to you know be independent and you had that little bit of money did you sort of give in to the temptation to spend or did you always have your dad's voice in your ear talking about things like pensions so I've got a little bit of both of my parents. My mum's quite, she likes to shop and I've got a little bit of that. My mum, you know, it was all about fashion and, you know, she was really naughty. I knew that she'd gone shopping and she'd always hide it and be like, oh, this old thing. And so I know, I know, I've definitely got a little bit of my mum where I'm like, oh, I do like to shop. But then I've also got a lot of my dad where I'm like, I've got to save. So it's a quite a nice balance is like the yin and yang of like money, really. Um, so yeah, I can be a little bit frivolous, but I, I feel like as I've gotten older, I'm definitely more like my dad and more savvy. I like to save. I had a pension before I had a mortgage. 
he was like, you've got to get a pension. You've got to. And I didn't really understand it in the beginning, to be honest. I've only just really started to understand it. But um, he was like, you've got to get a pension. So I did. Um, and I think it was probably when I was around 20. And um, yeah, I started saving and started being quite sensible. Um, and then I bought my first house at my first property um, at 25. So I, I always wanted to be independent and I always have and I, and that's just kind of in my DNA really now um but yeah he he it's definitely to do with him he's the reason why I'm quite thrifty and I don't like wasting money um so yeah I do still shop a little bit but now I kind of think do I need it you know how is it going to enrich my life whereas before I was like it's not about needing it it's about wanting it so now I'm a little <laughs> bit more like mm. Uh, I may may already have something similar, so I don't need it. So I much prefer to kind of put my money and save it and kind of, yeah, put it into a good place so that for a rainy day. It's really strange with my pension because of my career, I knew that I could claim at 35 a little bit of the chunk of my pension because technically when you're 35, you're over the hill as a model. So you can cash in your pension, not all of it. Um, but then obviously my career kind of changed and into TV presenting and radio broadcasting. Um, so now I think it's 55 that I can claim. So I'm not far, I'm not far off getting another little chunk <laughs> of my pension. Um, so it's all worked out, but yeah, my sensible dad has definitely, uh, had a big impact on me. Cause I think a lot of women we speak to always say that they wish they'd started saving earlier, that they wish that they had someone like your dad to sort of guide them a little bit because you don't get that as a young woman you no. don't get that in schools even now no you don't you never get taught any of that absolutely not and also my modeling agency was really good as well so they said to me you're going to make some good money and you need to start saving it you're going to have to pay tax you're going to have to pay VAT so you need to have separate accounts and the money that you get in from the jobs that is not all yours and so from an early age I kind of got it you know, because a lot of us, you get your paycheck and you don't realize how much you've got to pay out of that paycheck. You know, it's like at the end of the day, like you got half it basically and stick it and stick it in the account. So that's not technically your money. So I always had that understanding through my dad, obviously, and then really great advice from my agency. Um, a, a lovely lady called Becky Peach and Carol White, who I'll, you know, remember forever. Um, you know, just really kind of breaking it down because a model, you can make really good money, um, but it's not all yours. So that's something that I realized from an early age. And I'm so grateful that I have been saving and that I've got my pension, even though it seemed like such a boring and sensible thing to do all those years ago. Boring and sensible, but yeah. really, really yeah, important. Yeah. But you're right, you don't get taught this. And I'm just so lucky that I was able to have that advice and, and that I listened to it, really. Um, but yeah, I wish there was more of this <laughs> yeah, for kids. You know, I mean, we speak to my nieces and nephews about it. They're really savvy with money. It's amazing. It's really good. And they, they, like, a, they like a pound. They like to save. <laughs> I think the fact that we are now talking about it much more openly, I mean, I don't think 20 years we'd have been having this conversation because it, it was it was rude to talk about money. Now, it, in some cases, it's still, you know, slightly rude to talk about money, but just to talk generally about being sensible, about the need to save, about the need to put money away, as you say, that it's not all yours. 
I think that is massively important. So for young women listening to this, thinking about their 20s, their 30s, their life path, what would you tell them to help them navigate all those wobbly bits that they've got coming up? I think uh, when you first start making money, it can be really overwhelming and very exciting. And you just think, I just want to spend it all. But I think you have to be sensible and you have to um, not get carried away and not start spending beyond your means. Because you never know, especially for a job like mine where I'm self-employed, it's very unpredictable. Um, you never know where your next job or paycheck's coming from. So in order to have that kind of stability and that security, I would definitely have a couple of different accounts. Um, one that's your kind of current account and, and you know, you, you kind of calculate how much you need for the month, what are your outgoings, and then try and sort of slice some money off and put it somewhere where you're not going to touch it. Um, whether that's a savings account, you know, whether it's just another account so you know that you can dip into that when you need to pay those big bills or anything overheads wise, if you're, if you've got a flat or if you've got a property, it's like, there's always things that need doing. There's always a blimmin leak or a, or, you know, a big electricity bill or there's, there's so many outgoings. And I think we just have to be wise and sensible and look at the bigger picture and not be like, I've just got 500 quid. I'm just going to spend it all. Like, no, don't do that. You know, like that's, I know it's exciting and maybe do it once or twice, but just having money in the bank, having money in a savings account, in, on a, in an ISA, something that you can maybe get to if you really need to get out of jail and you need to get hold of that money, you know, stick it in an ISA, but just put it in places that it's not going to tempt you to spend it. Um, obviously, pension if you can. But I do realize that, you know, even if you just put a little bit of money every month into into a pension, you know, money that that you might not miss, you know, maybe your coffee money, you know, because we spend a lot of money just going off to the coffee shop every day. And I love it, too. But, you know, you calculate it up at the end of the week and it's like, what a waste of blimmin' money. I could have made my own coffee at home and put that. 30 quid, 40 quid into into an ISA or a savings account. So I think it's just about, this is about being sensible. And this is about thinking long-term. Um, and also it's really fun when you're saving because you're like, oh, bit of money there, you know? And it's like, it's just that security. And then you're independent. Um, so yeah. yeah, don't buy all the handbags, girls. Save that money. <laughs> <laughs> so you listened to... To your mum and your dad, you had some yeah. fun, but you gave yourself a safety net. Any yeah. regrets? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I have probably wasted more money than I should have. Um, been a bit too frivolous with shopping. Um, but you know what? I I either sell it now. You know, I've got I've got platforms that I sell some of my bits and pieces on or I gift or I give it to charity. So I'm kind of like I like that kind of circular, you know, economy where you're just kind of giving back and also maybe making a bit of money here and there from your purchases that you might not be using anymore. So I think that's a really savvy way of, you know, sort of getting rid of some of the clutter in your wardrobe and also making a bit of money. Um <laughs> But no, no regrets. I don't think so. I try not to have too many regrets um, because I think it's a waste of time. But I think if you if you have messed up a bit, just try and learn from your mistakes and, you know, don't do it again. <laughs> Say at the start of your book that you just want to give everyone a great big hug. 
you know, to say it's okay, you can step into your power, you can grab it. And, and you have, I mean, you seem in a really good place. So what's next on your bucket list? Gosh, what's next? I don't really know. Um, I'm just really excited about the future. I, I'm just sort of saying yes to things. Um, I really enjoyed the writing process. So who knows, maybe there's another book in me at some point. I need this year just to kind of like decompress a bit. So it won't be this year. Um, although George is like, you need to start it now. And then I know a few authors and they're like, just get straight back into it. And I'm like, ah. Um, so another book potentially on the horizon. There's a couple of like documentaries and women's health and looking at menopause and how it affects us culturally, um, how different cult- cultures sort of um, embrace it or don't around the world. So that's something that I'm I'm in production with a company at the moment. So hopefully that will get off the ground at some point. Um, I want to do more cooking. I'd like to get a, 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 not a degree. That's too much of a commitment, a qualification in <laughs> nutrition. So I can kind of marry the two, the food that I love and then the nutritional content and benefits. So it can help us even more uh, understand the food we're eating and how it can help us, especially in the menopause and premenopause, the you know importance of phytoestrogen, so plant-based estrogens and things like that. Um, my podcast series, I want to do a second series of that, of my podcast, Get Lifted. So yeah, there's loads of stuff. But I also want to have a nice balance and I want to travel a bit more and I'd like a property abroad, things like that. There's loads of things on my bucket list. I think I just got a dream. You've got to dream big and send it out there. I think so often in the past, I kind of shut down my dreams and aspirations because I thought like, no, no, don't, don't, don't. I think you can dream bigger than you ever think that you could. And that's what I'm kind of doing. I'm like, talk about what you want. Talk about what you want to do because... The universe listens and it comes back to you. So just be more positive, more open and um, more ambitious too. Well, Lisa, look, it's been an absolute delight chatting to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Danny. It was lovely. Lisa Snowden there. And do check out her book, Just Getting Started, Lessons in Life, Love and the Menopause. Now, Laura, I'm really sorry, because this is normally the time when we would have our guest confession. But first, to be honest, Lisa's whole interview was full of confessions. And second, here's my confession. I forgot to ask her for a financial confession. (laughs) So I'm really sorry. But I do think that her love and her mum's love of shopping is a pretty universal confession. And it's one that a number of our previous guests have had in common. I will let you off this time, but only because you've dug out such good confessions previously. We hope you've enjoyed listening. And if you've never listened to our Money Matters podcast before, we hope that you'll keep listening in the future. Do take a look back at some of our previous episodes because we've touched on a whole range of subjects with a range of different brilliant guests. And also tell your friends and family about us because we do want to help women become more financially fit and resilient. And Laura and I are in really different places um, in our lives. So we've got really different interpretations. Uh, And as I say, our full research report will be released on the 12th of September. And our next episode will be all about the full findings of that report from negotiating that first pay rise. Did you do it, Laura? Did you negotiate a pay rise on your first job? Not on my first job, but on every job since.
Ah, you see, it took me <laughs> 30 years to build up the confidence to do that. Um, but we're also going to be talking about, really importantly, putting plans in place to live your best life once you do finally stop working. And we'd also love to see as many of you as can make it to our special in-person event in Leeds on the 18th of October. All of the details are on our website, ajbellmoneymatters.co.uk. And we'll also be posting all of the content about it to our community on social media. So at AJ Bell Money Matters on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, X, Twitter, whatever you call it, we are on all of them. Thank you so much to our special guest, Lisa Snowden, for being so open and frank about some really tricky subjects. And thanks, all of you, for listening. Before you go, please remember this podcast is for educational purposes and the views expressed don't necessarily reflect those of AJ Bell. The podcast isn't telling you whether certain investments are suitable or not. And don't forget that the value of investments can change and you can lose money as well as make it. It's also important to remember that tax rules apply and that the way an investment performed in the past may not be the same as how it behaves in the future. If you want help, go see a qualified financial advisor.